0: Politic podcast the show for normal americans from this undisclosed bunker here's your
1: host tony reed
2: so Today, we were supposed to sit down with Dominion and have an open forum discussion on all those issues. Whether they're true or not, let's have the discussion and knock them down to provide accuracy to our voters. They walked away from the table. There was no reason to do that. They're not being litigated. There is no lawsuit against Dominion that's currently filed. If we as a standing committee, if we as legislators that are duly elected to do oversight of state government, particularly of this election... How are we to do that if everybody wants to, if that we want to have to ask questions to says, sorry, we can't come before you because we might get litigated. We are not going to get any answers or address any concerns. This needs to put, we're putting a stop to this right now. If you're not litigated and we ask you to come before us, we expect you to, to fulfill your promise of coming to, before us and address the questions that people have. It's not going to change the outcome, but we need to know what happened. Dominion was part of that. There are broad accusations. I didn't say they were true. I didn't validate any of those accusations. We wanted to give them the opportunity to address them. They chose not to. Why? That is what we want to know. So have you talked
3: it to just Chairman Saylor?
2: It adds more skeptical issues with our constituents moving forward. We just try to have an open discussion. That was the point of the hearing, Steve. So have you talked to Chairman Saylor about subpoenas? Do you have subpoena power? Or are you? Subpoenas going to be- are a tool of the legislative body. They're effective in providing oversight. And that's as far as we're going to discuss subpoenas. Any other questions? No further questions. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, hopefully Dominion will be responding to this with concrete uh, answers to every single accusation that's been out there. Thank you.
4: And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It's the 21st of November, year of our Lord, 2020. Went a day early, because I have enough information, and that, of course, was Dominion bailing. It's so hard to believe everything now. It's just the whole thing. Well, I'll get to it in a second. So today we're going to do another COVID hit. I'm gonna start about the election up front and same old unity bullshit, media crap, and do a violence on the backside. Should be a shorter podcast of reduced sound bites, so it's not as long. But that, this whole up front thing, I, I, you know, I've been just putting my toe in the whole Powell thing. So I'm gonna play a law. Uh, it's not a super long sound bite. This. Kinda broke
5: me. By former prosecutor Sidney Powell, who has also served as General Mike Flynn's lawyer, for more than a week, Powell has been all over conservative media with the following story: This election was stolen by a collection of international leftists who manipulated vote tabulating software in order to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The other day on television, Powell said of Trump that when the fraud is finally uncovered, "quote I think we'll find he had at least 80 million votes." In other words, rigged software stole about 7 million votes in this election. Here's some of what Powell said today about the software.
6: One of its most characteristic features is is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in.
5: That was a few hours ago, but Sidney Powell has been saying similar things for days. On Sunday night, we texted her after watching one of her segments. What Powell was describing would amount to the single greatest crime in American history millions of votes stolen in a day democracy destroyed the end of our centuries-old system of self-government not a small thing now to be perfectly clear we did not dismiss any of it we don't dismiss anything anymore particularly when it's related to technology we've talked to too many silicon valley whistleblowers we've seen too much after four years this may be the single most open-minded show on television we literally do ufo segments Not because we're crazy or even been interested in the subject, but because there is evidence that UFOs are real and everyone lies about it. There's evidence that a lot of things that responsible people used to dismiss out of hand as ridiculous are, in fact, real. And we don't care who mocks it. The louder the Yale political science department and the staff of The Atlantic magazine scream conspiracy theory, the more interested we tend to be. It's usually a sign you're over the target. A lot of people with impressive sounding credentials in this country are frauds. They have no idea what they're doing. They're children posing as authorities. And when they're caught, they lie and then they blame you for it. We see that every day. It's the central theme of this show and will continue to be. So that's a long way of saying we took Sidney Powell seriously. We had no intention of fighting with her. We've always respected her work. We simply wanted to see the details. How could you not want to see them? So we invited Sydney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week, actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests, not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either, nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another. Not one. So why are we telling you this? We're telling you this because it's true. And in the end, that's all that matters. The truth. It's our only hope. It's our best defense. And it's how we're different from them. We care what's true, and we know you care, too. That's why we told you. Maybe Sidney Powell will come forward soon with details on exactly how this happened and precisely who did it. Maybe she will. We are certainly hopeful that she will. What happened with the vote counting this month and at the polling places in Detroit and the polling places in Philadelphia and so much else actually matters. It matters no matter who you voted for. It matters whether or not you think this election is already over. Until we know the answers to those questions conclusively and we can agree on them, this country will not be united. ...by former prosecutor Sidney Powell, who has also served as General Mike Flynn's lawyer. For more than a week, Powell has been all over conservative media with the following story. This election was stolen by a collection of international leftists who manipulated vote-tabulating software in order to flip millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. The other day on television, Powell said of Trump that when the fraud is finally uncovered, quote, I think we'll find he had at least 80 million votes. In other words, rigged software stole about 7 million votes in this election. Here's some of what Powell said today about the software.
6: One of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in.
5: That was a few hours ago, but Sidney Powell has been saying similar things for days. On Sunday night, we texted her after watching one of her segments. What Powell was describing would amount to the single greatest crime in American history. Millions of votes stolen in a day. Democracy destroyed the end of our centuries-old system of self-government. Not a small thing. Now, to be perfectly clear, we did not dismiss any of it. We don't dismiss anything anymore, particularly when it's related to technology. We've talked to too many Silicon Valley whistleblowers. We've seen too much. After four years, this may be the single most open-minded show on television. We literally do UFO segments. Not because we're crazy or even been interested in the subject, but because there is evidence that UFOs are real and everyone lies about it. There's evidence that a lot of things that responsible people used to dismiss out of hand as ridiculous are in fact real. And we don't care who mocks it. The louder the Yale Political Science Department and the staff of the Atlantic Magazine scream, conspiracy theory, the more interested we tend to be. It's usually a sign you're over the target. A lot of people with impressive sounding credentials in this country are frauds. They have no idea what they're doing. They're children posing as authorities. And when they're caught, they lie and then they blame you for it. We see that every day. It's the central theme of this show and will continue to be. So that's a long way of saying we took Sidney Powell seriously. We had no intention of fighting with her. We've always respected her work. We simply wanted to see the details. How could you not want to see them? So we invited Sidney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week, actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests. Not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either. Nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another. Not one. So Why are we telling you this? We're telling you this because it's true. And in the end, that's all that matters. The truth. It's our only hope. It's our best defense. And it's how we're different from them. We care what's true. And we know you care too. That's why we told you. Maybe Sidney Powell will come forward soon with details on exactly how this happened and precisely who did it. Maybe she will. We are certainly hopeful that she will. What happened with the vote counting this month and at the polling places in Detroit and the polling places in Philadelphia and so much else actually matters. It matters no matter who you voted for. It matters whether or not you think this election is already over. Until we know the answers to those questions conclusively, and we can agree on them, this country will not be united.
4: Yeah, that was what I feared. I mean, we're talking about servers in Germany. We're talking about all this cloak and dagger stuff, but they never prove anything. Never. And I, once again, I, I know, and I've said on the show, this thing was stolen. There's so many factors that make it stolen from the simple fact that we had voter suppression polls telling you, yeah, they're not going to win. We had media censorship that has never been like this. And media supporting A candidates already starting today when we talk, you know, when our A block about how they're acting with Biden, sweet googly goo. We had social media completely going off the rails. I mean, here's just two stories. One, Facebook censors former Senator Jim DeMint for post about censorship. So that's a little Orwell. And this one's just insane. We've talked about at nauseum on the show. Facebook removed one hundred and eighty million election posts. One hundred and eighty million. That's fucking insane. Not all those were conservatives. talk show hosts, pundits, normal citizens being suppressed for just saying, hey, how the fuck did Biden get 80 million votes when he never left his basement? Hey, Biden beat Obama. That's pretty much impossible since not being racial, just a fact, every black American on the planet voted in 2012. 80 million in 2012 makes sense. 80 million in 2020 does not make sense. Hey, there are states that voted over their voter rolls. There's counties that voted over voter rolls. Hey, the demographics in Florida, Ohio, and every other swing state said that Trump expanded his base, picked up with POC, Police unions at all. How the fuck did he lose in just five that were targeted by the Dems and Dominion? We know it flipped the whole county. There's three other counties. And then they won't talk. They're boarding up. They've left. They've removed their LinkedIn. But you can't say that. And the way the media acted... I mean, just one story. All-out war on Republicans. Democrats spin, beats up on three GOP figures. The The way they acted after that news conference just blew my fucking mind. The things I read were insane. Because for four years... We've never accepted 2016 in the media, the left, the FBI, the CIA, and 17 other intel organizations that we don't have. But that's what they said. I want to really, well, that was kind of neat that my phone made a noise because I want to go in the Wayback Machine. Doodly-doo, 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 because at this time in 2016, we were talking about this.
7: With Donald Trump as the new president-elect, supporters of Hillary Clinton have been looking for a way to avoid a Trump presidency. OneChange.org petition suggests convincing the Electoral College to cast their votes for Clinton rather than Trump. The petition has more than 3 million signatures as of November 11th. But didn't Americans already vote? How could Hillary Clinton still win the presidency? Well, in order to understand a Clinton-win scenario, you have to understand the Electoral College. In a nutshell, the president is not actually elected on election day by the voters. In fact, the president is elected by an influential group called the Electoral College. Each state gets a certain number of electors, individually related to the size of their population. The electors' only job is to cast their vote based on their state's popular vote, thereby acting as an election representatives. For example, California, the most populous state, has 55 electoral votes, which are all expected to go to Hillary Clinton when the electors officially vote on December 19th. If you're wondering why the US uses such an indirect system of voting, it's because it was thought of in the late 1700s, when getting the whole country's votes counted on the same day was nearly impossible. Instead, each town or city would select a representative to travel to the nation's capital and let them know how they voted. There was also the added benefit discussed by the Founding Fathers that it would prevent anyone without, quote, the requisite qualifications of becoming president. In short, the Founding Fathers didn't seem to trust direct democracy, but didn't want to make it seem like they were the ones choosing the president so well that there's no federal law requiring electors to vote for their state's preferred candidate. Twenty-one states have no rules on the issue whatsoever. An elector can vote for another candidate or refuse to vote altogether. Moreover, in the other 29 states, plus Washington, D.C., which do require the elector to vote alongside the population, they still don't really have to, because the punishment for doing so varies from state to state. But in general,
8: Chris Suprem joins me now. Well, thanks for being with us. First of all, who would be your alternative? Mike Pence?
9: Uh, I think Mr. Pence, Governor Pence, has probably aligned himself too closely with Mr. Trump. One of the reasons why... I'm no longer comfortable with Mr. Trump as his attacks on our institutions, including the First Amendment and the Constitution. Uh, He's attacked our free election process, and Mike Pence, unfortunately, added to that this weekend on the Sunday talk shows, talking about these phantom three million illegal votes that were cast. So I'm not sure Mike Pence would be my candidate. I'm looking for someone uh, with executive experience. I am looking for someone with legislative experience. And perhaps the easiest person out there to identify would be John Kasich. I'm open to others, but really, he's the low-hanging fruit who has those qualifications and has held leadership before.
8: Are you a party of one, or do you have any support in other states and in your own Texas delegation?
9: Be comfortable with on December 20th, as well as December 19th. I'm not sure if other electors will come forward or not. I am sure that there are other electors who are not comfortable with Mr. Trump, but I'm not leading a movement. I'm trying to make sure I've got a clean conscience at the end of the day.
8: And are you at all affected by the fact that Hillary Clinton now has two and a half million more of popular votes? I know this is an electoral college uh, system, and that's what the Constitution sets out. But the fact that she has so many, so many more popular votes than Donald Trump, is that a factor for you, or is this more about what he has done?
9: No, this is about Mr. Trump. Uh, With all due respect to Secretary Clinton, she ran her campaign, and she ran it well. I am a Republican. Uh, I'm going to cast my ballot for a Republican. And for me, the popular vote is secondary to the Electoral College.
8: Uh, Well, Chris Suprin, uh, we will follow this. Uh, Obviously, you don't have do you think by the way that the electoral college should be gotten rid of because now uh, Al Gore has just said that he's changed his mind since Bush v Gore and now thinks that we should rethink this whole process and it's very hard to change as you know it's uh, Correct. No, of the I I think the electoral college the is exactly
9: the right process to okay. look at a candidate and say, "Hey, we need to pull an emergency break." Again, with Mr. Trump, we've had you just had a brilliant foreign policy leader in Richard Haas on who was talking about the Taiwan Chinese gaffe. We had 50 Republicans who were national security experts and foreign policy experts during the campaign say that Mr. Trump was unqualified for office and a potential dangerous president. And perhaps that's a subjective issue, but objectively, as an elector, policy that is expressly forbidden in the Constitution, that is a danger to our republic, and the Electoral College is here to do exactly what I think I'm doing, which is standing up and saying no.
8: Thank you very much. Thanks for being with us.
9: Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you want to keep up-to-date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe just below me, or click over on this list to see lots of other great videos.
10: The Members of the Electoral College, you have
8: time to change your mind. You have time to save this country and prevent catastrophic damage to the world. You have time to protect the earth. Class, the middle class. Money.
10: And Right. <laughs>
8: It's also a message to the Electoral College that there's a lot of people in this country that are scared, and we're asking them to please, you know, um, keep that in mind of the consequences that will happen from the, the incoming administration.
11: Recycled
12: cardboard, people.
10: <laughs> Do you reject <resist> Trump? <laughs> you just believe that the public is not-
13: We have got to do something to neutralize Trump. This is not acceptable. This is not America. I stand here because we must do everything in our
8: power. We have a limited time to make sure Donald Trump and his dark
13: cabal never get into the White House.
14: Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is, to an eminent degree, endowed with the requisite qualifications.
13: An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job.
15: The Electoral College was created specifically to prevent an unfit candidate from becoming president. There are 538 members of the Electoral College,
16: you, and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference.
17: By voting your conscience on December 19th. And thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton.
7: I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. Clinton.
11: As you know, the Constitution gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person.
13: Any eligible person,
14: no matter which party they
6: belong to.
13: But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially
6: competent to serve as President of the United States of America.
7: By voting your conscience, you and other brave Republican electors can give the House of Representatives the option to select a qualified candidate for the presidency.
6: I stand with you. I stand with you.
7: I
3: stand with you.
15: I stand with you in support and solidarity with conservatives,
8: independents, and liberals. And all citizens of the United States.
3: The American people
2: trust that your voice speaks for us all.
0: And that you, you will make yourself heard through the constitutional responsibility granted to you by Alexander Hamilton himself.
18: What is evident is that Donald Trump lacks more than the qualifications to be president.
0: He lacks the necessary stability.
15: And clearly the respect for the constitution
14: of our great nation.
3: You have position.
0: The authority.
14: And the opportunity to go down in the books as an American hero.
16: Who changed the course of history. And you have my respect. You have my respect. You have my respect. For your patriotism. And service to the American people. Unite
6: for America.
16: So, uh, there was a movement afoot to get electors that are part of the Electoral College to actually be what they call faithless electors. And even though their state voted for Trump, to not vote for Trump. Well, the Electoral College is today. And there were protests uh, throughout the country at state capitals in the 50 states. And there was a great movement uh, afoot. And some electors did switch. Was it enough? Well, first, let me tell you what the American people wanted. They actually did want the Electoral College to wait. It's by a narrow majority but even this is very surprising, big numbers. The Independent reports uh, that according to the poll which was commissioned by Avaz, that's a global activist group, 52% of Americans wanted Monday's electoral college vote delayed in light of the CIA pointing the finger at Russia for the hacks and leaks of various Democratic Party email accounts. So they wanted the electors to be able to see the evidence for themselves. They did not get that, it was not delayed and they did not see the evidence. They say that in addition, 46% of the same sample told YouGov that they support faithless electors, members of the Electoral College, who plan on voting against the winner of their state. So did they get enough to topple Donald Trump? News. Um, they did get two guys in Texas uh, that uh, voted against Trump, uh, one voted for John Kasich and another one voted for Ron Paul. Uh, one of them is presumably, though we don't know their exact names at this point, uh, Christopher who who is the guy who said ahead of time that I will vote against Donald Trump and he said he was going to vote for Kasich, that's presumably the Kasich vote that we actually did see in Texas and, and we don't know the name of the person who voted for Ron Paul. So, uh, two is not enough. They needed 38. So, whether you like it or not, Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States.
12: The state of the vote for president of the United States, as delivered to the president of the Senate, is as follows The whole number of electors appointed to vote for president of the United States is 538, of which a majority is 270. Donald Trump of New York has received, for president of the United States, 304 votes. Hillary Clinton, the state of New York, has received 227 votes. The whole number of the electors appointed to vote for vice president of the United States is 538, of which 270 is a majority. Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana has received, for vice president of the United States, 305 votes. Tim Kaine of the Commonwealth of, of, the Commonwealth of Virginia has received 227. There will be order...
10: Arms are
12: removed. I'm
10: the better not to be against the government. The government is removed. This is from the gallery. The, the
12: Commonwealth of Virginians received 227 votes. Elizabeth Warren of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts received two. Maria Cantwell of the state of Washington has received one. Susan Collins of the state of Maine has received one. The purpose of this joint session, having been concluded, pursuant to the Senate Concurrent Resolution 2 of the 115th Congress, the chair declares the joint session dissolved.
13: As the votes were read in Kansas, protesters turning their backs. From Washington to Arkansas to North Carolina, one last attempt to get electors to change their votes. And a handful did. Among them, three in Washington who were supposed to vote for Hillary Clinton, instead voting for Republican Colin Powell hoping to block Trump's victory. In Texas, two Trump defectors instead voting for John Kasich and Ron Paul.
4: I know it's a loud, su- a long soundbite, but folks, that was the depth and breadth of the media. You heard how-to videos. You heard I mean, all the acting from Charlie Sheen's daddy. Wapo Electoral College could still st- stop Trump, even if he wins the popular vote. And then the stories that are in it: Laura Trump considers run for Senate in North Carolina. Why Michigan top legislators should cancel the meeting with Trump. Giuliani and fellow law- Trump lawyers crank out conspiracies as legal challenges implode. They have both. Past and present stories. But it wasn't just them. You go to Vox, the last ditch push for Electoral College to stop Trump. New York Times AP. Mum on 9-11 resume fabrications of faithless Texas elector. Another WAPO article, Atlantic, Atlantic, the Electoral College is meant to stop men like Trump from being president. United States presidential election on WikiLeaks, and they cover how people left Hillary, not him. Media ignored it. And then you see polls where 40% of Democrats think this fucking election was stolen. 46% of the country thinks he should concede 46 that's not a plurality i always fuck that word up to, to say that counting the votes and just saying hey this election was hot garbage the same things we say every podcast we've never stopped voting or counting votes never done that. Then you have stuff like this. It's so out of bounds. The same thing happened not four years ago, Stephen L. Miller. And they're showing it because Abby D. Phillips, a journalist, Where we are, Trump knows he lost his election, he told his allies as much, but he's pressuring state lawmakers to overturn the will of the voters in the state he lost, and he's doing it with the support of his party. This won't work, but we shouldn't be numb to how out of bounds this is. These fucking people, Jake Tapper, Chuck Todd, everybody on CNN, God, do you not think we remember? It was just four years ago. Four years ago, you were on the floor on MSNBC hoping Ted Cruz and Mike Lee would stop Trump and do an electoral fight in the GOP convention. And they're doing it for people like this. We're going to beat up on Biden today because the way he acts. This is a Democratic dude. He's part of the, he is part of the DNC hierarchy. He's part of Biden's transition. His name is David Atkins. I I read this and said, fucking wow. And the only way I can read it is in the background with the Russian USSR national anthem. Let me turn it down just a little bit. Actual tweet. No, seriously, how do you deprogram 75 million people? Where do you start? Fox, Facebook? We have to start thinking in terms of post World War II Germany or Japan, or the failures of Reconstruction in the South. This is not your standard partisan policy disagreement. This is a conspiracy theory-fueled belligerent death cult against reality and basic decency. The only actual policy debates of note are happening within the Dem coalition between left and center-left. I know conservatives are upset by some of the responses here, and yeah, many are out of line. But what do you expect from people to do in self-preservation? The right has been running four years on... Fuck your feelings. My conspiracy theories are valid opinions, and we have more guns. You can't run on a Civil War footing, hopped up on conspiracy theories, hating everyone who lives in cities, mainlining Fox, Breitbart, Kuanon, threatening to kidnap governors and shoot protesters without people trying to figure out how to reverse the brainwashing. I mean, for Christ's sakes, conservatives are literally giving themselves COVID just to own the libs. They're dying in COVID warms, insisting they don't have COVID because it must be a liberal plot. plot. People are going to try to figure out how to defend themselves. And no, of course, I'm not advocating re-education camps or anything like that. The point is that conservative infotainment is disinformation propaganda indistinguishable from cult programming and social media algorithms enable it. And yes, it might be healthy to break the spell of the cult programming by showing COVID wards the kids in cages and other victims and consequences of the conservative infotainment cult on the local news, the newspaper, social media, so that people see what they have done. We started this whole journey, boys and girls, with the left saying that Trump was an r- agent for Russia. We've spent four years of them attacking and beating the right. So the, we got more, I don't, I don't know where you get that. You guys mainline CNN and MSNBC and the rest
14: of the media that says stuff like this. Are we really as divided as we seem? Some hopeful data suggests otherwise. Even in 1968, a year of assassinations and riots, the presidential election was decided by a razor-thin margin of 521,000 votes. This year, with more than 5 million popular vote gaps separating Joe Biden from Donald Trump, the nation's bitterly divided with a president who, for the first time in a modern history, is refusing to concede. But Biden won big. And there's a reason beyond the rejection of Donald Trump, the only president to lose the popular vote twice. Because even with all our deepening partisan and regional divisions are actually less divided than meets the eye when it comes to public policy. Take immigration, one of the most bitterly divisive issues of our time. Well, according to a 2020 Pew Research survey, 74 percent of Americans support legal status for immigrants brought here illegally as children, often known as dreamers or DACA recipients. It might surprise you to know that a majority of Republicans surveyed 54 percent support such a move. OK, but maybe that's an odd outlier. You say, what about climate change? Well, it turns out in another Pew survey that 65 percent of Americans think the government should do more to combat climate change. And a majority of Republicans support policies like tougher restrictions on power plant carbon emissions. Against that backdrop, it shouldn't surprise you to know that another Biden priority, infrastructure investment, is also broadly popular with the support of 83 percent of Republicans and 90 percent of Democrats. So maybe we'll finally get infrastructure week for real. But how about culture war hot button issues like gun reform? Well, if you get past the absolutist rhetoric, you'll find that 92 percent of Republicans favor preventing people with mental illnesses from buying guns. 82 percent of Republicans favor making private gun sales and sales at gun shows subject to background checks. Fifty four percent of Republicans favor banning high capacity ammunition magazines and 50 percent of Republicans even support banning assault style weapons. Leadership matters. So does public opinion. As Lincoln said, in this country, public sentiment is everything. With it, nothing can fail. Against it, nothing can succeed. That's why this data should give you a little bit of hope for the future. We are not, in fact, as divided as we seem.
0: Did you know that House Democrats got nearly two million more votes than Donald Trump? I say that because everybody said, well, we, what, did, did, everybody turned out and it was a great victory, a, bit, a mandate. The most important thing we did two years ago was win the House. We won 40 seats, 31 of them in Trump districts, in the most gerrymandered, voter-suppressed political arena you could name. 40 seats, 31 in Trump districts. I said, Ben, it's going to be harder next time because he'll be on the ballot. And it was. And it was. And so we will lose some, a few of those seats, a couple in a Hillary district and a few in his district, but the district, imagine nearly 2 million more votes than Donald Trump. And people say, well, the Democrats didn't turn out. No, we did. We turned out our votes. In fact, more than 3 million more than the Republicans did. But as I said, again, in the most gerrymandered, voter-suppressed political arena, with President Trump on the ballot. So I congratulate them for the seats they won. I congratulate him for the uh, turnout that he, he created. He got a good vote. I don't have Joe Biden up here. What is he up to now? Seventy-eight million? 79. Seventy-nine million. Seventy-nine. But I just wanted to show you how we related to these others. So we need every We need everything. We're family. We're a big tent in our party. We're proud of everyone in it. The turnout was across the board. We do believe that our House races in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, contributed to those Electoral College successes, and across the country uh, to the almost 79 million votes that Joe Biden had. We're very proud of him and Kamala Harris, we're proud of him as a unifier for our country, and we're proud of the big vote that House Democrats contributed to that success. Because so many people are saying, well, this and that and this. No, no, no. We want more, and we will have more, and we've already started that. But I want you to be sure you knew nearly two million more votes than Donald Trump. Any questions?
4: For fuck's sake, Is that's not even true. When you only poll people that are in your blue state, of course you get those. Of course you do. And Nancy Pelosi, what the actual fuck is that? We lost 10 seats, but we got the popular vote. Really? That that's that's what we're going with the popular vote again, really. And the worst part of this is the nurse thing. Here's an actual vetted story: CNN skips fact checking to run with nurse unverified story about COVID patients' last dying words. The last dying words: "This can't be happening. It's not real." And when they should be FaceTiming their families, are filled with anger and anger. Jody Doring told CNN anchor Allison Camerota. Every hospital, every nurse, every doctor in the state is seeing the same things. These people get sick in the same way. You treat them in the same way. They die in the same way, she added, criticizing South Dakota's Kristi Noem for politicizing the virus. Her story, however, doesn't fully line up with the data tracking COVID-19 deaths in hospital, where she works, or even the region of the state. Doring was first invited on a mainstream media network after a Twitter thread describing her supposed experience working as a nurse. Current During threads thread, some patients at her hospital who were infected with the virus don't believe it's real. And she, we, I think we covered this on the show. And then they brought her on. Elizabeth Warren, Joy Reid, Tammy Duckworth, everybody, oh, this is so horrible. Get her on TV. Since her post went viral, news outlets like WAPO, USA Today, Daily Beast, HuffPo picked up the story. Without much variation, leaving the fact checking adoring on air statement up to other outlets who pointed out irregularities in their story and questioning why it was contextualized or wasn't verified by CNN. While COVID 19 cases in South Dakota continued to rise, one Wired reporter wrote that after touching base to the number of hospitals in the same part of South Dakota to ask emergency room nurse if they noticed the same disturbing phenomenon, other nurses, even some at one of the medical centers where she worked, denied ever interacting with a patient. As a viral nurse described, no one else has gotten a statement back from a patient specifically, nor have they heard of what happening there, not to call her a liar because she provides care here as well as other hospitals, so it could happen in another hospital. The Wired reporting also noted that the same medical center where Huron reportedly works only has six total COVID-19 deaths. The county housing the medical center has seen 22, and Dorian County has only seen one death making the narrative depicted in the CNN interview bullshit. But of course they ran it. It fits the goddamn narrative. That's all it's about. It's narratives, not about facts. I mean, why do we want facts? Because they can use it as a cudgel. You go through the replies, we need to start at kindergarten. Uh, We need to get rid of Fox News. Fair doctrine that they got rid of. They want back now. And the rest of the world going, yeah, this is pretty funny. Because you are the people attacking, beating. He tried to walk it back. And no, of course, I'm not advocating re-education. And yes, it might be healthy to break, blah, blah, blah. Narrator, David is in fact advocating re-education camps. Later on, he said, no, no, no. And then it disappeared. Simultaneously, while all this is going on, you got a guy like Warnock. The fate in the Senate and the media won't play this.
13: So the campaigning continues in Georgia tonight, where the two Democratic candidates in January's Senate runoff elections are already trying to distance themselves from some of the biggest national names in their party. And some explosive comments from 2016 made by Raphael Warnock are coming to light.
19: If it is true that a man who has dominated the news and poisoned the discussion for months needs to repent, then it is doubly true that a nation that can produce such a man and make his vitriol go viral needs to repent. America needs to repent for its worship of whiteness.
20: But let me let me ask you about one of those attacks um because Senator Leffler keeps mentioning on the campaign trail an incident from nineteen ninety five when you were a youth pastor at a New York church which hosted a speech by Fidel Castro. Now you said you had nothing to do with that invitation. But just to clarify for our viewers, did you attend the speech and do you understand why there are so many people who view Castro as a as a murderous tyrant and, and not someone to be
5: celebrated?
19: I'll tell you what I understand. I understand why uh, Kelly Leffler is trying to change the subject. I was a youth pastor. I had nothing to do with that program. Uh, I did not make any decisions uh, regarding the program. I've never met uh, the Cuban dictator. And so uh, I'm not connected to America, nobody can serve God and the military. You can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. America, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose ye this day. So politicians try to keep their power. And political parties lie in order to keep their power. And church folk, yeah, you too, maneuver inside of God's house. Come on, say amen, somebody. In order to keep your power and Jesus says that's not power that's paranoia because when you've got real power you're not worried about your place in the world you know how to be exalted and you know how to be a base you know how to sit high and you know how to sit low and you're not worried about your place in the world because you're connected with something that's greater than you and you're concerned about something that's greater than yourself. And so when you have real power, guess what? Jesus says you'll lay it down so that somebody else can have some power. Real power will lay itself down on behalf of the powerless. And so check out Jesus. He says, I lay it down and I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to lay it down. And I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to lay it down. How long are you going to lay it down, Jesus? I'm going to lay it down just long enough so I can bleed. And I've got to bleed so I can bless. I've got to become sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. Why are you laying down your power, Jesus? Jesus says, I've got to bear the cross so you can wear a crown. I've got to die so that you might live. I've got to stoop down low in order to lift you up high. I've got to give up my home in heaven so that you might live in bright mansions above. I'm going to show you how to have real power. You ought to decrease so that Christ might increase. You ought to give, get up over yourself. You ought to die every now and then die of your power, die of your sense of self-importance, die of your hubris, die of your arrogance. Every now and then when you see some young person, when you see some weak person, when you see some struggling person, you ought to get over your portfolio and your credentials and your sense of self-importance and lay your power down so that somebody else might be lifted up The only places I can actually
4: find anybody acknowledging that this guy's pretty fucked up. Daily Beast. Why are Ralph Warnock's faith and sermons fair game for attacking, but Amy Coney Barrett's religious views are not? Matt Whitlock. But did anyone treat Amy Coney Barrett's religious views as off-limits? Every major outlet did multiple deep dives into them while largely ignoring Warnock's, even though he's running to make laws, and Barrett was not. Matt, I don't think I'm overstating matters when I say that the entire public party said questions of her faith were off limits and, indeed, anti-Catholic. The media did run stories, and those stories were condemned by the Republicans for being an attack of faith. Now I think those stories are fine, and I think stories exploring Warnock's faith and sermons are fine, too. Assuming done in good faith, pardon the pun, but I'm wondering why Republicans oppose Warnock are comfortable with those stories now. Er, I'm gonna say it's a it's a fucking goddamn conspiracy. It's all a conspiracy. Marco Rubio, not shocked Georgia Warnock said you can't serve God and the military at the same time. These and even crazier things is what radicals who control the Democratic Party activists small donor base believe. Ilian Omar. She quoted the Bible. Yeah. Nobody thought that was kind of odd since she's a Islamist, a violent Islamist from Somalia. These same people are still whining about misinformation. So we've now changed it from fake news to misinformation. Anything they don't agree with is misinformation. And we must sponge it up. 180 million posts deleted. They're still asking more at the hearings. More. They just want more and more and more and more. And yeah, yeah, you need to just just shut your fucking mouth. They're a bunch of goddamn fucking hypocrites. So as we go out to our first break, your listening assignment, what are we going to listen to? Let's go up here and look. Um, uh, We're going to remember how we treat the media on this show is because the way they act. So your listening assignment is going to be Team Biden soundbites because we're already starting the Dear Leader. And you will come in off the bumper with how they treated Pence.
13: You have said that if this transition doesn't get going, especially coordination on vaccine distribution, that lives will be lost. How many lives do you think are at risk here if this transition remains stalled? And when you take a step back and you look at the way the president is handling this, his refusal to concede, what do you think is really going on here? In your view, Mr. President-Elect, what do you think the President is doing? What are Americans witnessing here?
12: Thank you, Mr. President-Elect. Thank you, Vice President-Elect Harris. Appreciate it. Nice to see you as well. Yes, appreciate (laughs) it. Um, You have said
17: that lives could be lost if you don't start getting briefings from the Trump administration. And now here we are, more than 250,000 lives could be lost. Given that... How do you justify not taking legal
12: action
21: to get the briefings that you say are critical, that you say you need? What do you make of the fact that the president is... Having these calls with Michigan County officials um, Amid his bid to overturn the election. He's going to be having also Michigan Republican legislators at the White House tomorrow anything that he's doing making you rethink your strategy I know you say um, that you don't want to have legal action right now And what do you say to Americans especially immigrant Americans who came to the United States? Looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the president is? Yeah Thank you, Mr. Vice President-elect, and um, Vice. Thank you, Mr. President-elect and Vice President-elect Harris. Um, a question for you first, which is, what do you make of the fact that the president is? having these calls with Michigan County officials um, amid his bid to overturn the election. He's going to be having also Michigan Republican legislators at the White House tomorrow. Anything that he's doing, making you rethink your strategy. I know you say um, that you don't want to have legal action right now. And what do you say to Americans, especially immigrant Americans, who came to the United States looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the President is doing?
12: Hang on, I'm on my way. That's what I say to them. Not a joke. And what the president's doing now is uh is really um it's going to uh be another incident where he will go down in history as being one of the most irresponsible presidents in American history. It's it's just out of the, not even within the norm at all. There's questions whether it's even legal, um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see who shows up uh, in this call to meet with the leadership. And uh, but um, this is going to we we have won Michigan. It's going to be certified. We're going to end up making clear that uh, they are making clear that we want. And uh, but. It just
20: uh, I I just it's look, this is not a a perfect parallel here, but I feel like the virus. This is a war against this virus that has divided us, Michael. Um, Absolutely. And absurdly. So, I mean, to the point of, are you kidding me? Right. Um, And yet the victims are those that have died.
11: They are. You know, 1918, 1919, Woodrow Wilson basically publicly ignored the influenza pandemic that killed 675,000 Americans, never gave a single speech on it, never told people how to protect themselves. But he didn't go around pitting Americans against one another and saying, if you wear a mask, it makes you silly and turning life-protecting measures into a political act. That's something that Donald Trump has done. And What remains now for Joe Biden is to come in and try to unite the country and end those differences. Very rarely in American history have we seen a president for four years trying as hard as Trump has to pit Americans against one another and ignoring the big job of the presidency, which is it's the one job in the entire American government where the founders hoped that this would bring Americans together, not rend them apart.
20: You know, Michael, I, I, I've, I've had some dark thoughts over the last few weeks, which is, are, are, we, are we in the 1950s or the 1850s? And you know where I'm going here. Um, which is it?
11: Uh, I think we're in the 1950s, if by that you mean that we've got problems McCarthy. that will not yeah. degenerate into civil war. But that really depends on leadership and the eagerness of Americans to come together. And I think that really depends on who's president, And the one thing throughout American history that makes a difference is if you have a president who says, I'm going to be the president of all the people, even while I'm proposing policies that some people may not like. I'm dreaming
22: of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know It's the most wonderful time of the year Silver bells, silver bells I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used No memories
23: Christmas memories They're the sweetest ones I know
24: Merry Christmas from Flyover Politic Podcast.
4: jackals man just fucking jackals but that's that's just that's our fucking media Uh, here is what what we've done and i i don't know if um the worst before or when they lose an election or after because it's pretty bad anyway Sexist CNN anchor, female GOP senator, married her way to the American Dream. Georgia Senator Twyner, I lived the American Dream. I went from farm to Fortune Five Hundred. I want Georgians to have the same freedom and opportunities I have. It won't be possible if we go down the road of socialism. Good news, Georgia. If you live on a farm, you now qualify to marry the chairman of a New York Stock Exchange. Nice try, dude. Out of touch American dreaminess at a time when bread lines stretch for miles, knows no gender. But while I have you, any chance your guy will change his mind and debate before the runoff? That's a journalist. That's a journalist. CNN and TikTok users seem hell-bent on handing the Senate over to the GOP, which is odd to me as they don't seem to be political allies. Federal musket. I think I speak on behalf of rural conservatives everywhere. I literally beg of you to maintain this line of reasoning. Yeah, please do. Then Bri- Bri- Brian Kareem, once again. Because it's okay to be sexist towards GOP women. I dismiss press secretary as a moronic, insipid, inconsequential, insignificant, indefatigable, insane, and irrelevant. Now go get your shine box. Matt Whitlock, I've said this before, but dishonest and unserious carnival barker, Brian Kareem, having a White House media credential is one of the biggest blemishes on the White House press corps in the last decade. This is still the single best photo that sums up the media during the Trump years. Brian Kareem screaming, screaming to try to be heard. But it's what they do. You can do that to the right. Right. But the left, oh, we're really concerned about that because we believe the polls that obviously aren't true in the majority of the country, just the blue states, and that's how you get the popular vote once again, Ubisoft to erase the voice actors from Orwell, future video game for not being PC. Probably already heard it. Just wanted to cover it. New scientist exploits virus to push population control. You guessed it, in the blue states, or the red states. Yeah, it's got to be in the red states, because they, they use welfare and shit. And while all this is going on, here is MSNBC.
17: Donald Trump continues to behave like an itinerant dictator, refusing to accept that the voters have spoken, erroneously declaring victory, bulldozing over our democracy, and hunkering down in the White House refusing to relinquish the reins of government, or to even admit that he's been fired by the American people. In other words, Trump is no longer an autocrat in the making. He's already there. And behind every strongman is his supine party, the fixers and the kingmakers and the thugs who enable him.
20: What Donald Trump is engaged in is the type of behavior that we've seen in many authoritarian countries around the globe, where individuals try to retain power by all means necessary.
17: What Donald Trump is doing is Mobutuism, right? It is, it is something that we saw with the Nationalist Party in South Africa from the 1940s until they were finally uh, toppled and Nelson Mandela became president and was released from prison in 1990. I mean, this, this is what we've seen in these other countries, and yet we are the kind of country that maybe the Carter Center needed to oversee our election. They're sort of acting more like a Duma than they are like an American political party, uh, a Russian Duma, I mean. And Republicans seem to be trying to siphon out only Republicans and say we're going to directly govern for sort of this white Christian minority, uh, emerging minority, and everyone else can go to hell. They wanted this man who is supposed to be the guy counting the votes to basically behave like the governor. When he was secretary of state and was fixing the election so he could win it, they're like, this guy needs to do it, not for himself, but for Trump.
20: But really it's going to be up to the members of the Republican party to quite frankly repudiate the things that Donald Trump was standing for and was doing. Until we have that broader repudiation, I think as people have said, you know, he is uh, symptomatic of a broader problem and challenge that we have in this country. But what he has done over the past four years, I think, has accelerated and has intensified some of these
9: very, very disturbing.
8: New sanctions against Iran today, again, making it harder for the president incoming to unwind the Iran nuclear deal because there's a lot more that he's going to have to uh, figure out with Iran to even get back to square one if he wants to reset relations with Europeans and with Iran in the Middle East. Uh, Mike Pompeo is in Israel That's today.
10: That's
8: right, uh, Doubling down on their, you know, anti-Palestinian posture. What do they do about all this? Mike Pompeo is in Israel today, doubling down on the anti-Iran, you know, posture, the pro-Israel, anti-Palestinian posture. And also the Treasury is announcing new sanctions today. It's going to make it a lot harder for Joe Biden to try to re- resume the Iran nuclear deal. It also makes it a lot harder for him to do anything In the Middle East with Israel, the Secretary of State in Israel today, you know, cementing or trying to cement policy, anti-Palestinian policy, Uh, this transition needs to proceed. This
20: is Barack Obama we're talking about. He measures every word um, and he speaks in whole paragraphs, which is not necessarily necessarily something we're used to in a president these days, but, but he's always somewhat... Um, restrained but yes he is also having a good time he did note to me that as an ex-president he doesn't quite have to weigh his words um, the way he used to he's not running for anything ever again one assumes um, and so he is unleashed uh, to some degree and he uh, he is very very upset about some some structural changes in American politics and in the way we consume information and he thinks that those are very very dangerous for the future of democracy
8: now, especially with 73 million people voting for Donald Trump, and many of those people believe in the conspiracy theories now. Yamiche, uh Alcindor, Obama on 60 Minutes also spoke about what he described as truth decay. Uh, let's watch.
11: What we've seen is what some people call truth decay, something that's been accelerated by outgoing President Trump. The sense that not only do we not have to tell the truth? But the truth doesn't even matter.
8: Yamiche, you watch this every day at the White House. You face him down at these briefings. Uh, It's no longer what we used to expect, at least since the Nixon White House, from the White House podium or from the State Department at all.
21: That's right. And when we think about the Trump presidency, there are two things that really... um, are the foundation of President Trump. The first is Kellyanne Conway saying that there could be alternative facts. She said that, but very, very early in the presidency. And then Rudy Giuliani, his personal attorney, saying truth isn't truth. Both of those statements were said on NBC News, and both of those statements get at the heart of the the Trump administration, which is that they had a war on the very idea of truth. They had a war on the media. They said that they needed to make the media the opposition so that people wouldn't even believe reporters when they were off telling the, the
4: also on MSNBC. Michael Moore, don't worry, Biden will go
2: socialist. Obviously one of the things progressives are up against now is the fact that the president-elect is a bit more moderate. Are you, how do you feel like uh, progressives have to try to influence policy moving forward?
20: We may have to make sure our voices are heard, and they have to be heard right now while he's speaking to cabinet, while um, they're deciding policy. This is a very critical phase. And so but I believe that Joe Biden will listen. We may not always get our way, we may not get him to agree with us on everything, but I think that it's kind of like when he says he's against Medicare for all. But if but if when we get the Senate and if we pass a Medicare for All bill and it goes to his desk, he's not gonna veto it. He's not gonna say, No, I'm what? What everybody gets health care? No way. <laughs> he's not gonna do that. If he's for twelve dollars an hour minimum wage and the bill says fifteen because we the progressive Part of this, which is really the majority, because the majority of Americans want a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. They want women paid the same as men. They believe that climate change is real. This is a progressive country. I've said this many times. And and if the progressive legislation comes on his desk, I gotta believe he's gonna sign this. He's not gonna he's not gonna send it back. We have a better chance with him. Biden is gonna seize this moment. You know, he is he's a happy birthday, by the way, seventy eight years old here. And um, he knows that he's in that final quarter of his life and so I think when people get to that age they want to go out believing they've done something profound that they've really made a difference you, you don't want to go out because you passed a good tax bill or a trade bill or whatever you want to go out because you saved the people of the United States Biden has that chance and and the people want him to succeed I, I really believe that And and I do. And there's so much to get done. All of us have to be active and involved in this.
4: We have to get the Senate over on CNN. We got Chris Cuomo. Listen to this sawed off bullshit.
3: Remember them, because remember back then? Or what about this meeting? Not enough. How about this email train? Eh. How about these texts? What about the transcript? What about this witness who says it was happening? Yeah, no, it's just mm, it's not enough. Doesn't satisfy the appetite. Now they're okay, asking you to help overturn an election for president with literally no proof. Remember them. Rudy has been made a fool for this fraud. But the members of Congress, who also know it is a fraud, who rejected a real case full of proof about the president and his pawns, they must be remembered. Because they are banking on you falling prey to one of the darkest aspects of deception. The quote is famous. People who can be made to believe absurdities can be capable of atrocities. So they stand by and hope you buy in to the BS and that you will help them steal an election. That's why I argue that the GSA head, Emily Murphy, she deserves more attention. Why? She's willingly holding up the transition to the next administration, and she knows there's no proof of any good reason to do so. She's smiling while you're dying all over this country. McConnell and others say it's always this way. We vote, we settle differences, and we transfer power. Yeah if there are real causes for concern but despite Rudy's melting moment we have 30 cases in different states and they've all shown nothing in that event the normal process is what transition see mcconnell's not just playing politics he's playing with a pandemic and we're all paying the price in blood and sweat and tears and hunger and poverty congress no relief payments. President Trump, ignoring everything to do with the office except how to keep it. The task force hasn't met in months. Today they do, but they take no questions. And that is why almost 80 million of you rose up to
4: oust Trump. Now, while all this anger and stuff's going on in their echo chamber, remember, we need to censor. We need to get rid of Fox News. We need to deprogram people. Deprogram them. Michigan Democrat doxes Republicans' children before she reverses course to certify county vote. Children, Jake Tapper, interesting to contemplate the future when GOP senators silent now about Trump literally trying to overturn the election results and February and March objecting to President Biden overreaching on an executive order they think goes too far. Stephen L. Miller, we certainly know how you and your network are going to act watching Tapper slide into the role of passive voice Keith Oberman has been like a delicate, beautiful butterfly breaking out of its cuckoo. Fly, Jake, spread those weak wings. Embrace it. While we're talking about Oberman.
18: This is Oberman versus Trump and I'm not Trump. A thousand dead, a day, at least, for the next 63 days, for the sake of Trump's ego. God damn him to hell. When the history of our American times is written, when the story of the COVID-19 pandemic is committed to the textbooks, and our descendants look at the photos of people in masks, with the same sort of naive astonishment with which we looked at pictures of people in masks from 1918 and 1919, when all this is placed in the record, Donald John Trump will be viewed as a negligent mass murderer, if history is written, if Trump does not kill us all. History will ask. How we let Trump make human beings only the second most powerful species on a planet that was, at least for this time, actually ruled by this virus. But history will also ask what was in the hearts of the men and women who continued to support this creature after his defeat, after his repudiation, after the national wildfire that was COVID-19 accelerated into this hellscape of conflagration in the days after the 2020 election. Who, with two vaccines on the horizon, let Trump continue to run the pandemic fight into the ground? Who among his cult refused not to act, but also not to just speak? Not to just say, ignore him. He doesn't care if you die. Other people are just props to him. Save yourselves. Who were these people? Did you put them on trial? Did any of them go to prison? What did you do to Trump after it was clear that he knew what was ahead, yet lied and lied and lied and lied? What did you do to make sure that no leader could ever commit this treason again? Treason not against a country. Treason against humanity. The White House will not tell you this because Trump's only words about the pandemic have been moronic platitudes of self-congratulation that sound exactly like Hitler's minions assuring Germans in 1945 that they were winning the war. But if you're planning to travel for Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's or hold a family gathering, for God's sake, cancel it. History will write that COVID-19 in the lame duck months of Donald Trump will be remembered for family gatherings at Thanksgiving and family funerals at Christmas because of Donald Trump. God damn him to hell. I could play 12 minutes
4: of freaking the fuck out. But before I get to stories, this is so important. It's so dangerous. I'll be like my new bumper with the Cuomo brothers. This is Mayor Browser. Happy birthday to What the fuck? That was so essential. She had to be there and breaking all her rules. But that's our problem. That's our problem. Everything we do is you do it, I don't have to do it. And when you don't do it, oh, we're going to make it politics. Just politics. It's always politics. Photos emerge. He heard that from the Tucker thing. A Gov Newsome. He's lying. It was an intimate dinner. Democratic governor. You got to wear a mask in your house. How do you enforce that? That's something like you can only fuck in the missionary. Oregon governor orders six person limit for all social gatherings. Reminder. You're not gathering a family for Thanksgiving. You're holding a memorial for John Lewis. Insert standing ovation gif. A great man refreshment seating will set up in the dining room. Everybody's saying just put it in your front yard. BLM protest. Seattle school teacher cancels remote learning because she lost her internet because she's living in the forest. These are the people we're supposed to listen to. Science. Party of science. Well, this is new. My 7th grader's language art class today was canceled because her teacher is now living in the forest and didn't have adequate internet to host. I've attached the message the kids received. Seriously, what are we teaching public school kids about the importance of their education right now? The more they see themselves as the last priority, the more they are going to check out. City Hall promises to install Wi-Fi in every homeless shelter for remote learning. But now some kids won't get access until next summer. California judge orders San Diego strip clubs to reopen while churches are still fighting to get the right to open. They're now talking about Christmas as a whole. S.E. Cup. Cases and hospitalizations rise in states with anti-mask governors. It's almost like there's a connection here. A very frustrated rant. John Stossel. This is false. Cases and hospitalizations are going up everywhere despite mask mandates. Fuzzy Chimp. Hey, SC, I'd like to introduce you to Mike DeWine. Cases are going up in Ohio, and he has one. But what did they do during this time? Breaking. I have successfully blocked a massive gun show from operating at full capacity this weekend in Nova, Virginia putting hundreds, even thousands of Virginians at risk for sole purpose of selling guns. It's just not worth it, and I'm pleased that the judge agreed with me. The gun show operates in a building 50,000 square feet larger than the Walmart next door. Walmart's aisles are six feet wide. The gun shows are 14 feet wide. A.G. Herring is shutting down the gun show while keeping Walmart doors open. We all know why, because he's a communist. Other people, science, mass police department stops accepting firearm permits application in accordance to COVID rules. Our permit office will not be doing firearm permit application, fingerprints, or photos until further notice under COVID 19. It's because of the fingerprints that got it in under the fingerprints. The only positive on COVID. New York Times, sometimes something is true even though President Trump asserts it. And the paramount importance of reopening schools is a rare area where Trump was right and many Democrats were wrong. But that's journalism in 2020. Well, things can still be right even if Trump said it. We have to say that because we've trained you in our echo chamber. Or maybe we need re-education. That everything Trump says is wrong. Remember, a segment was on uh, Tucker last night. I was going to play it, but I'm long today, and I'm still trying to get the podcast down. Democrats and the media were on, hey, this came from a lab. This can't come from animals. It didn't come from a wet market until Trump said it. Then the media said, yeah, we can't do that. One article, where Trump and Biden stand on key coronavirus policies. Other than the lockdowns and giving people free shit, it's not much different. Governor, who just published a book about his awesome leadership in time of crisis, slams Trump's ego. That's Cuomo. He also said this week, If you were smart, none of this would happen. He threw a temper tantrum because he didn't know New York City was going to close its schools down and they gave their parents very little notice to make preparations. They just did it because the teachers union Then you have this little nugget. Allie Morgan, an author and librarian in Scotland, is beginning to go viral for this thread, where she explains how she has to break COVID-19 safety rules to help people come in the library, use the computers to apply for benefits. The word for this is hero. That's how stupid they've gotten. But they're so into this communist, socialist, fascism Pennsylvania health secretary says residents may be wearing masks to the end of 2021. She looks so unhealthy. It once again makes me think, why is everybody telling me in clown suits how to be, how to act, how to live, and you look worse than me? And it would be so much easier to believe more of this if you didn't have stuff like this, and I hope you can hear it.
0: Corey and Jamal and Mondaire. Mondaire actually represents um, the district where I went to elementary school. He represents the district where I, I grew up in public school. And um, it's really, it's so emotional to hear him. That's too
4: long. We have worked with Biden administration to secure a commitment on $2 trillion climate plan. She links it to racism? Climate action is tied to reproductive justice. That's why a lot of people don't believe this is real, CNN. Because if it was real, why is it always tied into social plans you guys want to do? Why is it so imperative that we, once again, stop another stimulus check? For Americans, because you want to tie it to college debt. Illegal immigration. Everybody has to vote by mail so we can cook the books and get by 100 million votes. See, if you wouldn't have done most of this stuff, media, more people would have came along. But I've heard a lot of conservatives talking and basically people with an IQ above a fucking potato who are nonpartisan. This all takes trust. This all takes people having credibility. But you can't have a credibility when the people, when you keep tying it to intersectionality and every single person that's telling me how to live, what to do, yada, yada, doesn't do any of it. They don't wear masks. Browser was singing without a mask. So no. No. It's not that people are listening to Trump or Fox News or don't think this is real. They know there's a virus, but it's not killing people nor overloading every hospital room in the country again because you told us back in... The beginning of this, to bend the curb and stay home, and we'd be fine. And then you said we did. This is just part of your dark winter, which is code word for we want to lock you all down and install our new government once we get rid of Trump and all his people. So, let's go to a music break. It will be a Christmas song as we go out. Uh, what was I going to play? Uh... Mm, er, ee. Oh, I'm going to play, uh, this is AOC's Green New Deal. That was the whole briefing there that I tied into the COVID. And uh, they broke out in a song, and it's it just hurts me. And then we're going to go into a very short violence section. And then this is America, and here comes the good shit.
10: So awesome. we're about to sing a song called We Are Standing For Our Futures. If you know the song, sing along. If you don't know it, listen, and then sing it when you figure it out. All right. We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for our futures. And together we are strong. We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for our futures. And together we are strong. Everyone! We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for our futures and together we are strong we are standing for our futures we are healing what is wrong we are standing for our futures and together we one more time we are standing for our futures we are healing what is wrong we are standing for our futures and together we are strong.
22: Silver Bells, Silver Bells It's Christmas time in the city time in the city rain alone, hear them ring soon it will be Christmas
10: day
22: Christmas makes you feel emotional It may bring parties or thoughts devotional I used to
23: know Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide cows being sung by a choir Folks dressed up like Eskimos, everybody knows, it's the most
22: wonderful time of the year, silver bells, silver bells. Just like the ones I used to know
23: Memories, Christmas memories They're the sweetest ones I know
24: Merry Christmas from Flyover Politic Podcast
11: New dash cam video showing a Florida deputy opening fire on a car moving towards a deputy killing two black teens. Their families tonight are demanding answers. Let's get more on this from NBC Sam Brock.
15: In newly released police video. Stop the vehicle Central Florida deputy shout commands to a teenage driver last Friday who appears to stop the car. And then this.
10: Stop the people Stop! Stop!
15: Brevard County officials releasing dash cam video and confirming the shots were fired as they pursued what they believed was a possible stolen car. The bullets ultimately taking the lives of Angelo A.J. Crooms, 16, and Sincere Pierce, 18, who was riding in the back seat. What's going through your mind right now?
19: I just feel like my whole life was just taken from me, and I know I can't get it back. Pierce's mother,
15: Cynthia, says her son was riding in a friend's car, not a stolen car shocked residents protesting on wednesday as the sheriff's office says deputies were acting in self-defense giving repeated verbal commands seven to be exact before the teenager accelerates the vehicle towards the deputy who was then forced to fire his service weapon authorities say a third occupant in the car who was unharmed confirmed hearing the verbal commands
21: i don't think that it's impossible to think that They were afraid of the police officer shooting them. We've seen when people do comply, they get
10: shot. When they don't comply, they get shot.
15: Both responding deputies now on paid administrative leave for the length of the investigation. Tonight, heartbreak hanging over a devastated
17: Craig, you have a real interesting conversation to share with journalist, author, and really a hero of yours, Ta-Nehisi Yeah,
19: you know, his writings on, on race, Hoda, politics, growing up black in America have made him one of the leading voices of a generation. Ta-Nehisi Coates is an extraordinary and powerful voice. He's been writing about the black experience for more than a decade now.
3: You once wrote an essay in, in which you called Donald Trump the first white president. He was the first president. Whose entire presidency could be focused and was really powered by the hatred of a single individual who was black. You know, whiteness as as an idea. You know, um, which is always always premised on a word I can't say on national television. But uh, what, let's just what say, is that? Why can't you say I, I would, <laughs> probably shouldn't. I'm only going to get myself in trouble. I but let's you just could say the word. let's just say a racialized blackness. OK? Let's just say that. A, 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 it is always premised on a, on a racialized blackness, and that explains a lot about Trump's rise. I think the damage that has been done uh, certainly will outlast my lifetime. Um, who knows how far I will go?
1: A police officer at a traffic stop doesn't even reach the passenger window before three shots ring out from the pickup truck stopped on I-40 near Laguna. The state police officer fires back as the shooter speeds away, hitting his cab window. Right before this, the officer had pulled over the suspect, Robert Nelson. For tailgating a trailer, we later learned his parents were driving across the country. After all the commotion, Officer Sharon Duran described what happened. I fell back because he hit me. I went like that. I aimed at the headrest and started to fire my weapon. After returning fire, she chased down Nelson for a few miles, bloodied hands on the steering wheel.
14: Oh. She chased him, and then for some reason he pulled over and just put his hands up.
1: This time, she kept her distance from Nelson. I want you to walk towards me with your hands up. You move, I will f- Shoot. More police officers arrived to put Nelson in cuffs, and he wasn't offering any explanation for what he did. I'll, I'll wait As officers searched Nelson's truck, they found the gun. On the seat. The Along with his cat in a crate right under the line of fire. Meanwhile, Nelson's father, who had circled back to the scene, couldn't believe what his son had just done. I'm just
23: thankful the officer's okay.
1: She's going to
22: live. Oh, She's been shot, though.
13: Bad,
1: this, as the officer tried recalling everything that had happened. Uh, the federal search warrant also suggests she was shot in the chest, but the bullet was stopped by her bulletproof vest. Just throw those in oh. my mouth. A formal interview later on reveals part of her motivation for fighting through the pain. And we're
13: not going to let this person...
1: Take me away from the family and the people that I love. Jackie Kent, KRQE, News 13.
4: That is NBC going on about some. We're going to talk in a second. And then a cop getting shot. But they didn't air that. NBC gets upset. Deputies didn't let Teen run them over with a car. That was the scene. And right after it, they did a segment. NBC hides racial Trump painting rant from Tennessee Coates. Craig, you have a real interesting conversation to share. Journalist, author, and really a hero of yours, Tanishi Coates. Yeah, you know, his writings on race, how politics, growing black in America made him one of the leading voices of his generation. But we've read him on the show. He's a jackass. And I still have to ask, why, in the name of Zeus's ass crack, do they never air cops getting shot? Ever since this election season started, It is all one-sided. To our violence, yeah, nothing's changed at all since the last time we talked of. It's all still the same. Here's a shocking video. Fuck Trump, bitch. Man savagely beats up woman while her car is on fire with her husband inside, and calls her names because she's a Trump supporter. It was taken off Twitter. Owner of SUV spray-painted with racist and homophobic graffiti faces insurance for our charges. Swastikas, the N-word, KKK, profanity against Black Lives Matter were spray-painted all over the car. It was a black kid doing it. It wasn't real. And then all this happened in Portland since our last podcast.
10: I came back for you. I, I, I came back for you. Yeah, I like last thing. Last time it's we like had a lot of stuff. We got oh, oh, oh. oh, to take it out, bitch. On a way, you can my heart. On a way, you can my Let it fit herself. Stupid white bitch. Oh, racist like ass. No. You just showed your colors. Go, Racist ass. she's white. What do you want me to call her? Caucasian? you want you i a racist! Oh, I step on your shit? Oh my God. Oh my God. I accidentally ran that shit over. Oh. How many tickets can you take in the elevator? Let's see. How many assholes can you take in the elevator? Let's see. Asshole 1, asshole 2, asshole 3, asshole 4, asshole 5, asshole 5. Yeah, you better think about it. i so got, got, got flag yeah. flag. Yeah. talking what the the it? it? What's you're it? What's up, What's What's up, you you What's you What's What's you you What's, What's, What's the you the you you um, almost cats me Hey 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 me. I'm I'm to... me. Uh, yeah. uh, hey 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 oh. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, oh, hey. 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 hey I don't know, because I don't know anything about any justice. Shut the fuck back. I mean, shit. You can't run up on people like that. The fuck? On you literally know. just went like this to her. Shut the I fuck know. up, bitch Christ right. right.
16: Did y'all see that? that, that I'm
21: sorry, I didn't see you. What? What did I miss? she just shoved He's my hand. we get Yeah, but the moment I do that, then they file flood charges on me. So, like. And then, no, it goes no ways. I've been hit in the head by
10: a rock, I've been stabbed by them, like, and by the moment that I go and do something like that, then
4: I get hurt. But proud boys and shit. Slime of the New York Times, four years of blaming Trump for hate crimes. Hate crimes at the highest rate since 2008, FBI reports. All linked to SPLC. All being used on Twitter by the left. But the reality is, none of it includes Antifa. And then we get this story. Am I going to have to... Oh, I got to sign in. Sorry. Let me log in. I forgot to log in to fucking Daily Wire and it doesn't let you read shit. Especially good shit like this. I was Antifa. Their violence won't stop with 2020. First time I put on a black mask and took part of an Antifa movement was in 2011 when I was 17. For a year and a half, I immersed myself in the anarchist subculture and attended a variety of rallies and protests all throughout Southern California while part of the black bloc. But then I left the movement when I realized Antifa activists were more interested in fighting people with whom they disagreed with than combating true fascism and extremism. Now I'm a conservative activist advocating on behalf of college students who've had their First Amendment rights violated. Last month, I donned the black mask once more going undercover on election night in Washington, D.C. Wanted to see if anything had changed since I left the movement. Sadly, it has, but not for the better. In fact, the Antifa today is more organized and more dangerous than it was in California. And anyone who thinks Biden presidency will help decrease Antifa violence is dead wrong. When I was part of the movement, Antifa was still a fringe fraction. Yet four years ago, the mainstream left and Antifa became soft allies in their shared hatred of Trump. Many mainstream left-wing reporters like Don Lemon defended him on national TV, while Joy Reid compared Antifa to the civil rights movement Freedom Riders. At the same time, CNN gave Camus Bell a TV special titled United States of Shades, where Bell called an Antifa group, The Good Guys. That night, one of those good guys firebombed an ICE facility in Washington State. It seemed that every time ANIFO violently beat peaceful conservatives on the streets, they could always count on the left-wing mainstream media to act as a professional PR firm. And It is that same support from legacy media, which helped launch the fringe faction onto the national stage, and now ANIFO's here to stay. Take, for example, my experience on November 3rd, when I I was undercover with Antifa. There were few avowed Biden supporters in Black Bloc. Instead, fuck Trump, fuck Biden was what they chanted and burned down the American plantation. Antifa's enemy has always been American society. And that includes much of the Democratic Party and the legacy media, which falsely believes Antifa to be their ally. While on the ground, I was shocked to see journalists taking marching orders from the Black Bloc anarchists. I saw numerous people with the word press marked along their chest attempt to take pictures of the Black Bloc, but stopped when some of the agitators demanded they leave. And those who refused to self-censor were assaulted and threatened because the true free press is the enemy of Antifa. And in the end, if Biden does get sworn in on January 20th, Antifa will grow because he will continue to perpetuate the lie which fuels Antifa. It's just an idea. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will continue to spread anti-American propaganda that America is systemically and structurally racist when at the same time America elected him and her. No, a Biden presidency won't decrease Antifa violence. If anything, the violence will just get started. Gabriel Natas is the author behind The Black Mask, My Time as Antifa. And nobody, nobody. Covers that. Andy NGO. People who wear mega hats are more likely to spread the virus, assault them. An Antifa COVID 19 poster says Thursday, November 19th, 2020. Punch Nazis in the face, 1 p.m. at the JC. That's just fucking fantastic. And then one of the post-millennial who has spent most of their time actually reporting on this stuff, exclusive, suspect film beating Trump supporter in D.C. is a journalist for a student paper. She's the one that cold cocked the person. And what scares me the most is the fact that the Biden campaign website Promises Internet Censorship Task Force. He is going to have somebody that is not going to deregulate these motherfuckers. They are going to just go after conservatives. And once they do that, you will never hear anything about this. They'll just keep up their Proud Boys stuff because, you know, that's what they do so let's go to this is america our first segment i don't actually remember what i put in here god i really kind of suck i made the script yesterday but oh mojo been getting their ass kicked for two or ten years listen to joe scarborough because he beat fox because fox viewers walked away this is america
24: It's time for the worst soundbite when the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says,
6: This is America in 2019.
13: Well, that was certainly a colorful news conference from Rudy Giuliani, but it was light on facts. So much of what he said was simply not true or has already been thrown out in court. And, uh, you know, Giuliani, he opened by making this really bold and baseless claim that uh, a lot of this alleged nationwide voter fraud that he's referring to all came from one centralized place. He called it a nationwide conspiracy, Uh, and yet he failed to provide any hard evidence to back up that one specific claim. So
25: that's Fox News reporter Kristen Fisher with that fact check yesterday coming out of the Rudy Giuliani spectacle. And, you know, Willie, um, there's there's been some news out there in the media community about Fox News losing a few viewers because people were angry that they projected Arizona correctly. They're angry that Chris Wallace actually sticks to the facts. They're angry that uh, people like uh, that reporter actually deliver the news, stick to the facts, tell viewers the truth. Um, But, you know, I feel like since I've been in cable news since 1934, I feel safe saying that people go for the quick kill often they they go for uh, the sugar rush the sugar high and say well if we act this way if we play to the cheap seats we will get a few more people here we will get a few more people there i think this show is is you know is a good example of how uh you play the long game and it ends up working out well for you and fox news in those type of reports, are playing the long game. They're actually sure. on the side of history. They're on the side of truth. They're on the side of American democracy. And long after this sugar high uh, is it has passed us, and uh, we're a couple of months away from this, uh, people who report the news and the facts like that are going to be the ones who are looking great. And those chasing the sugar high are going to be left behind and considered jokes. It's happened, God, I've seen it happen so many times in Washington. I've seen it happen so many times in news. Uh, it's going to happen again here. And that sort of report is the sort of report Fox News, uh, I'm sure they are proud of it, should be proud
4: of Insufferable. They're just fucking insufferable little fuckheads. The Atlantic offers a cover story that blew me away. Read our December 2020 cover story by Zara Zhang, the last children of Down syndrome. The medical field has also been grappling with the ability to offer this power. If no one with Down syndrome has ever existed or ever would exist, is that a terrible thing? I don't know. Says Laura Hercher, genetic counselor and the director of student research at Sarah Lawrence College take the health complication linked to down syndrome such as increased likelihood of early onset alzheimer leukemia and heart defects she told me i don't think anyone would argue that those are good things but she went on if our world didn't have people with special needs and these vulnerabilities she asked would we be missing a part of our humanity we're turning into europe and that's the problem Europe all this well your baby's got this so kill it and the Northam will make the child comfortable and doctors and you know doctors and the the mom will talk about what we're going to do but they don't value it this is this party of science you know they state same reason that they believe you can live birth abortion it's just a clump of cells Drew Hernandez, or Drew Holden, I'm sorry. Now that we've gotten a little more distance from it, can we agree that the idea that Donald Trump was weaponizing the Postal Service to steal the election was always an absurd conspiracy theory? I think some apologies are in order. Postal Service says it delivered ballots on time and made concern over untracked votes. You have Elizabeth Warren, Ron Wyden, Senator Chris Van Hoon, Tammy Duckworth, Claire McCaskill, Speaker Pelosi, Mickey Sherrill, Pramil J. Powell, Barack Hussein Obama, Maya Harris, Joy Reid, Vice News. We even had it trending on Twitter about stealing uh, mailboxes because they saw piles of mailboxes that were about to be repainted. Walter Schaub. There's no argument that Trump isn't attacking USPS as a way to disrupt the election. He has told us himself. But when Republican senators told him it was okay to extort a foreign power in attacking our election, that's what they said, attack our election. Steve Schmidt, Jonathan Alter, Seth Abramson. We're all in the media. Um, Jerry Jacobs, Asha Rapunga, Aaron Rupar. The Hill. It once again makes people think, hey, um, maybe they were the ones fucking with the system. Because there hasn't been any reports of we found Democratic district ballots in garbage cans. There's now been 10 for Republican districts. Just want to make sure you know that. To fund these people, NPR spin on Trump, China, and Biden's more polite tone. NPR President Trump's hostility toward China has changed the relationship between two countries. Although President-elect Biden will likely set a more polite tone with Beijing, analysts say he's unlikely to reverse Trump's tariffs. Stephen L. Miller, I'm sorry, we should not be hostile to the country that's creating a global pandemic, crashing the world, and US, U.S. economy leading to a mass unemployment and several hundred thousands of deaths. Defund these people. There's a lot of that coming up. The tone. We're gonna to get respect in the world. You know, for my cheap seat. Oh, we got respect back because he didn't suck up to these people. Biden has to because that's how he makes us money. Once again, he's gonna get elected because no nobody's gonna stop it, and there's no way to prove votes got flipped because they were flipped. The reality is, you need to think about Senate and impeach. You need to impeach his ass. Paramount and Hallmark channel Don their gay apparel and I'm not watching this year. I'm not taped a single one. Am I a homophobe? Nope. But people that don't watch a channel then boycott a channel because people got upset over channel airing gay people kissing because it's a religious-oriented channel. Yeah, I don't play that. I just don't play that. No. You, you can all fuck off. Just fuck all the way completely off Janice Dean, Cuomo's kill measure more closely scrutinized outside income. Hint, this happened right after he published his leadership book in the middle of a pandemic that killed over 30,000 New Yorkers. The governor has refused to disclose just how much he was paid to pen the memoir. However, back in 2014, Cuomo received $783,000 advance for his autobiography, All Things Possible. It has sold less than 4,000 copies, which means 195 bucks a copy. He's getting an Emmy for the way he used the TV to kill 7,000 grandparents. Once again, it's credibility, people. People don't take it seriously because you cart around motherfucking Cuomo like he was the best to this day. You can point, oh, red states, red states, we all see the blue states are spiking too. And no red state, even one with more populace like Florida, has 38,000 deaths like motherfucking New York. So you can suck it. Time for the good shit. It's, oh God, this is so fucking good.
24: Want a break from the media kicking you in the balls and calling you a Nazi transsexa homophobe? It's that time to end on some positive sound bites. Oh yeah, here comes the good shit. Governors,
12: governors need to be able to get funding when they dispo- when they dis- they need to uh and, and bring, bring their national guard into play. The National Guards are going to have to play this. It costs a lot of money. And just to understand, uh, in, uh, in my Oval Office, you're mi casa, you casa. <laughs> I'm going to leave you. I hope we're going to spend a lot of time together.
17: Okay. Well, thanks everybody for coming in. Mr. Mr. Biden, the the COVID task force said it's safe for students to be in class. Are you going to encourage unions to cooperate more to bring kids back to classroom, sir?
4: That guy couldn't formulate a speech without a teleprompter, with a dictionary. And somebody's hand up his ass. And then you hear that media be shoot out like adult school children and treated like ass. Yet they still love him. There's already been one guy who stood out on the ledge and said, hey, they don't let us have any fucking contact. Because they're kind of like a real journalist. And they were crushed. So they backed off. But just expect four years of idolatry, preloaded. You know, we're going to go from Trump did this questions to Dems to what are you going to do about the GOP obstruction of the GOP wins the Senate? Which is a good possibility. That's going to be what we had. It's going to be Obama all over again. That's why this next soundbite is our number two, and it's Kaylee McKinney.
13: Also, um, something that I would note is just, we talked a lot about transfer of power in the election, and it's worth remembering um, that this president was never given an orderly transition of power. Um, His presidency was never accepted. Um, In fact, before uh, the election, his election, we know Crossfire Hurricane was launched by Peter Strzok to pursue a baseless allegations about the president's ties with Russia. Uh, That's before he was president, trying to subvert the will of the American people, we know in August, Peter Strzok wrote a text message about an insurance policy against a Trump presidency, once again trying to silence the voice of the American people Um, in 2016. We know in October that there was a FISA warrant, a FISA warrant taken out to spy on the Trump campaign. Then the American people spoke, and they spoke commandingly in electing President Trump despite all of the odds. And what happened after he was elected? you had seventy lawmakers say we're not coming to his inauguration democratic lawmakers you had elizabeth warren saying We're going to attempt to obstruct the Trump transition by urging the Government Accountability Office to investigate uh, the incoming Trump transition. Um, In January of that year, you had President Obama have a "buy the book meeting where they talked about the Logan Act, using that act to go after Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Just before the inauguration, you had BuzzFeed promoting and publishing this bogus steel dossier that's been widely debunked. Um, And then for two years, you had the basis, Mueller investigation which searched for collusion, found none, and exonerated President Trump. While in 2016, President Trump became the duly elected president, many sought to undermine him, discredit him, delegitimize him, and deny his victory. There were no calls for unity. There were no calls for healing. So, while every legal vote is counted, let us not forget the inexcusable transition or lack thereof that President Trump had to endure in 2016 and four years into his presidency. Thank you, everyone, you for the, the, the very good and substantive questions today. You. You I don't call an activist. I'm not an activist.
10: And
13: the beginning of the end of the pandemic started with the leadership of President Trump. In recent days, Pfizer and Moderna reported the highly successful results of their vaccine development, each achieving a COVID vaccine that is over 90% effective. We know Moderna is 94.5% effective, Pfizer, 95%. That is extraordinary. In July, the Trump administration, as part of Operation Warp Speed, agreed to provide Pfizer with $1.95 billion to manufacture and distribute their COVID vaccine, allowing this vaccine to be provided free for the American people. While Democrats were pursuing a highly divisive and entirely baseless impeachment endeavor, as far back as January 13th, this president, the Trump administration and the National Institute of Health was partnering with Moderna and working on this vaccine for the American people. But that's not all. This administration has remained engaged on the development and distribution of a safe and effective vaccine throughout the year, began in January and continued thereafter. On May 15th, Operation Warp Speed was launched On September 16th, we released two documents outlining a strategy to deliver a safe and effective vaccine. Uh, These documents were the strategic Strategic Distribution Overview and the Interim Playbook for State, Tribal, Territorial, and Local Health Programs and Partners. On September 23rd, we provided $200 million to jurisdictions to support plans for eventual distribution. On October 14th, we provided $31 million to Sitvia for vaccine-related consumable products. On October 16th, we made agreements with CVS and Walgreens to administer vaccines to residents of long-term care facilities. On October 21st, under the PREP Act, we issued guidance authorizing qualified pharmacy technicians to administer the vaccine. On October 30th, we announced that McKesson Corporation will produce, store, and distribute vaccine ancillary supply kits on behalf of the Strategic National Stockpile to help healthcare workers who will administer the vaccines. And on November 12th, we announced the partnership with large chain pharmacies and independent regional ones to deliver safe and effective vaccines. The unprecedented response to this pandemic has already saved many American lives. And as you can see, this timeline was ongoing. This was a long process and one uh, that we are very proud of. Now, with multiple safe and effective vaccines just around the corner, we urge all Americans to wash your hands, socially distance, wear a mask when you cannot.
4: This sediment is everywhere. People are done. They've been treated like shit, and they're done. They're just not going to play anymore. And there's a whole movement of resist on the right because they don't want to accept. An election was stolen. For those that, you know, may disagree with me, the way I've covered it, because I saw Tucker Carlson get just gulled, you know, fucking gutted, excuse me, this week. I'm an honest, nothing's going to happen. There's no way to prove it. It's true, but there's no way to prove it. And would they let it get proven? Because some of the accusations by Powell, my God, it would tear down the whole election system. And it could be totally proved, true. I, I, I no longer question that everybody in Washington is crooked as fuck. And that Republicans, Fox News, everybody would be in on rigged elections. I really do it would happen i'm not an illuminati guy but i just once again i don't think america reelected obama by that time we were done with it the year all fucking didn't build that bullshit was people we were just done but he won and i know after 4 years of bullshit and impeachment that always hurts 10 flip seats and all the demographics, Trump won that election. They stopped counting and something changed. And it's changed in bashes of 130, 120, and 100,000 votes. All these votes just for Biden, nobody else. That doesn't happen. And all the videos I've watched of people getting caught in back rooms, running shit. Man, I, I, come on. But, as stated, it would overturn the entire world. It's too far. The best we can hope for is dominion is yanked out of every state by GOP legislators now, and it goes away. And then in 2024, we hope we have a fair election. We will never have a fair media. That last comment... uh, Come on, people. Do you think a Democrat would win with the fucking negative media that was applied to Trump? No. I don't care how woke they are. This media is garbage. And they've already started with the dear leader bullshit where they're not asking real questions. This man's never been pressed, never been vetted, and he will not... They will just start Obama uh, 2.0 with supportive shit. No investigative journalists will touch Hunter Biden. So we, as the flyover Americans, are not for the socialist takeover and one-party rule, need to avert our attention away from what's not going to happen, overturning the election. And on to what can happen when the Senate in Georgia impeach Biden. That's all it that needs to happen. Because then you put Harris up there and people, are, oh, that stuff No, it doesn't matter. Everybody knows she's unqualified. Everybody knows she's only there because she has ovaries and she's black. And then in 2024, it's a shoe in for the Republicans put up. We get back on track and try to get things fixed, not changed. I mean, Biden voters on Twitter are starting to realize the buyer's remorse because they didn't vet him. They didn't know he was a sock puppet for AOC. You know, every time I can't say sock puppet. Um, They didn't know that. They didn't know he was going to do all the socialist stuff. They didn't know he was going to do lockdowns. They didn't know he was going to do all this crap because he never had to say it. He was never asked a question that wasn't, Trump is doing this. That's his whole fucking election cycle. And the people that disgust me on this, especially on the rigged election, Bernie bros, what the fucking fuck? They stole an election from you twice. Why would you not be on board with this? And why would you vote for that? Biden is establishment. Same old, same old. I know the sock puppet-ism makes it look good. But he stole an election from Bernie. Again, the establishment did. Why we're not having conversations about the overthrow of the Democratic Party from within, kind of like the Republicans did, I don't understand. I know it has a lot to do with the media enamored with the special people from certain demographics yeah I got that but yeah that's pretty fucking bad pretty bad so I think Senate impeachment that's the course and then we start protesting but do I think we should start our own resistance that's our resistance Senate impeachment impeachment Sure, I would love to kid up and go drop boot to ass. I love it. I'm sick of seeing people, Americans getting beaten. I almost cried watching the DC video of an old man on a bike being picked on. It goes back to when I was a little kid and I got picked on and a fifth grader came up and threw that kid on the ground and started protecting me on the playground because I was a little guy. It was like first grade. And from that point on, I became that person. It's kind of the reason why I joined the army. I want to protect people that couldn't be protected. So when I see things like that, it really angers me. But we can't be them. We can't use violence to accomplish our means. We just need to be adults. They're showing their fascism. Re-education camps... Trump's doing unprecedented after we just watched four years of unprecedented and anybody's older than 20 remembers how they acted after 2000 It was unconscionable. We need to be the adults, fight them and work on overturning the house, strengthening the Senate with the GOP because that's all we got. But one of the most disgusting things out of all of this is Lindsey Graham, another McCainite-type person, fist bump Senator Kamala Harris, who hasn't resigned her seat, by the way, over blocking something Trump wanted. It went viral. So as we sit here and we point fingers how fucked up the left is, and they are. I go back to a couple podcasts ago. I went on a rant about what the fuck is the GOP doing to stop this violence? What are they doing? I don't see anything. I see more of the same lame shit status quo. Oh yeah, we are racist. Yeah. We need to defund the cops if we really want to get this country back on the track it needs to be on, we need to look at everybody and start expecting things out of our elected representative in the red states. Because other than trying to repeal Obamacare a million times and the Born Alive Act, what have they done for me lately? Yeah, long-term, third party, I love all that shit. But in my lifetime, we'll never have a third-party person get over 10% of the vote. It's not happening. But turning into the resistance and burning shit down, as much as I sounded like I might have liked it during these freaking four years, as an adult, I sit and stare at it and go, yeah, that's not going to accomplish shit. Because the difference between us and them is we have the law applied on us. We have the media that will single us out. A black BLM protester can nuke your whole family. They're going to say it's your fault because you're a racist. They'll dox you. Find something you said in grade school. But them, yeah, they get away with whatever they want. We won't. We have to work within the system, get the fucking Senate, impeach biden for he's a crooked motherfucker i mean the fact that they reported his cancer charity that paid no nothing out but salaries after taking four million dollars in shows you that he's no different than the clintons they're grifters we always talk about trump's grift on msnbc and cnn the left grifts great because they get away with it But sitting here and hoping that Sidney Powell is going to prove the unprovable or that anybody would actually listen to it and allow it to go forward, I just think it's wasted energy. If they do overturn this election, all hell will break loose because it's happened before. And that's the problem with all of it. The integrity of our leaders, the integrity of our media, the integrity of our election, the integrity of COVID is just rock bottom bullshit. Do I believe that both parties are in on it and the media? Yeah. Do I believe Dominion does this type of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I also am smart enough to know the system's not going to let that get out. I mean, she's still babbling on about fucking German servers that the Pentagon saying didn't happen. Why would you even say that? Because if you have a server that proves this shit, oh, you can guarantee whatever mode of conveyance it's in, it's not going to be in it anymore. These people know if this stuff goes south, they lose their power. You know, COVID is the microcosm. I've said it a billion times, but it just shows what these people are. They get a little power and they turn into that story from a couple podcasts ago, the drill sergeant slamming a door on a private set because that power got in there. And now we're masking in houses, no more than six for fuck's sake. You will go to jail and pay major fines for having a Thanksgiving dinner in Oregon but you can smoke crack. These are the same people. And yes, it's frustrating. Four years ago, faithless electors, which I blew 15 minutes of my podcast on, but just hammer that home. And these are the same people who are on TV now. You need to make them stop. How dare he question the integrity of our election system? And the media, do it in 16. What are you doing in 20? It's all so frustrating. Especially when we're all in our houses. We can't go places. Lockdowns are coming in. Jesus Christ in a popsicle stick. This is the worst shit in my life. Including war. This is the worst shit. That's why we actually need leadership. But yet, as a country, we haven't put anybody up with leadership. Obama? No. Bush W? No. Clinton? No. H. Bush? No. Reagan! And all we get is Reagan articles now that he's a racist piece of shit. Because they know what we're thinking. Trump could have been a great leader. But he degraded himself with the stupid Twitter shit He should have won in a landslide. And Biden talks unity while he says, wait for me, I'll be there to save you. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, that's the crazy shit that we've been hearing that COVID will go away and so will tornadoes because we elected Biden while he's going to get a fascist social media czar to shut you down. We don't have it. And we should question why. I know my answer. It's the media. We let them have too much power to even call the election. That is absurd. Elections shouldn't be called until every vote is certified. But this is the first instance that a lot of us went, what the fuck? Yeah, man. I mean, when I was a kid... The West Coast didn't even vote that much because it was already called for, it got to them. Then they stopped that. And now we let them regulate so much shit in our lives and have so much power. That's why the system's broke. But to get people off their fucking crack is really difficult. There are 300,000 people a night that are going to tune in and watch Cuomo. There's going to be a million people watch Maddo and her insanity. And there's going to be millions of people that watch Hannity. Me and the wife can't even, we try. We can't even watch that shit. Until we shut our fucking TVs off and don't give them that power and demand they do their fucking jobs, we'll always be sitting right here. With shitheads in charge accomplishing nothing they don't accomplish anything for any of us they work for their demographics and invariably if you're in the flyover whether you're pink or a martian or you suck walrus cock you're not in that demographic and I think this makes us get to a point and I'll end my rant because I was doing really well at getting short in the time and I just lied at 15 minutes folks we need to start thinking about how we change this and we do have the power because all we got to do is change the fucking channel. My suggestion, when you feel like you want to tune into any cable news this week, go watch me TV, watch Gilligan's Island or emergency. We're watching that on cozy. When you tune in to a big sky and they're pushing big gay. Go watch fucking laugh or get TV. So, me and the wife do. We're watching NCIS. We're on season five. We just turn it off. And that's the best thing I can do. Me as an individual, nobody, I can affect it by not giving him my dollars and my viewership. Until they change. And the only way to make CNN, everybody who hates Fox now, MSDNC, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, WAPO, New York Times, Daily Wire, every fucking media source is don't give your money and don't tune in. But do tune into. Flyover Politics podcast. So this wraps up another That was pretty hypocritical. This is a lapse of another episode. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments to FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Pocket Static, Tune and Radio, iTunes, Blueberry, Down and in- Pocket Cast and Stitcher and soon Sirius. I'm gonna to try to get on Sirius. I don't think I will because I'm too small. Remember check out the the Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Our next show will be Wednesday, 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 25 November, year of our Lord 2020. I might bump that 24th. Let's go to the 24th. Do a short show again because I'm not gonna do it on Thanksgiving weekend. And then Crack Day the first will be the one, uh, the first one after that. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Tune off the fucking cable news. Punish them, motherfuckers. Plus, it's family time. Spend time with your family. Watch the movie. I watched Prancer yesterday. It was freaking great. I love Prancer. Judge me. I don't care. Spend time with your family. But then tune back in Tuesday for the next Flyover Politics podcast. Because I'm sure we'll have a lot of fucking stupid. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you
24: for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Twitter account at Fop Tony Reed and send suggestions or comments to email address F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Remember, the flyover states are the backbone of this country. Never fear flying your flag and standing tall. Ignore the media hate. Ignore the fascist coastal states. Try as they might to bring America down. The patriots of this country will never bow down.